This is another update before God finally delivers me. I know it's got to be just around the corner. This morning, my parents left for Branson, Missouri, and my mom's been doing great while they've been here. She hasn't been uh, messing with my faith at all. But this morning, she said, Michael, you got to pay your child support. And I said, nope. I literally said, nope, and I changed the subject. Michael's commentary. So going forward in these recordings, I'm going to jump in every once in a while. I'll try not to do it very often because these recordings are already so long. But there are times when, exactly right now, you hear something and you might go, hmm, and a big question mark goes off in your mind. What does he mean, I'm not paying child support? So I'll jump in and give you some more insight and explanation on that. So in this particular matter, it is not me being unwilling to pay child support. This is my mother trying to again get me to take money from her in order to pay the child support because she believes I have impending doom coming for me as soon as I stand before this judge in six days and he finds out I'm not currently paying child support. So then after I've made a note like this, I'll say end of Michael's commentary. That way you'll next know when the recording from back six years ago begins again. End of Michael's commentary. She said, Michael, you're going to have to go to that court and explain. I said, Mom, God has got this. I am not going to get in his way. Trust me, everything's going to be fine. Today, I believe, yeah, today is the 10th of all things. Today is 10-10. I'm supposed to be in court like next Wednesday. And I am five months behind on child support. I have six days. I do not have the money to get there. This is coming right back to the way it was the last time when I said, God, if you want me to go, you're going to have to provide the finances. My stepfather offered and I said, nope, I can't take it from you guys. It has to be that the Lord would deliver me from a, from a position of faith, not a position of fear. Uh, so I fully believe, even though it could feel scary if I look at it in the natural, that God can and will deliver me. I don't know how, I don't know when, but this is going to be exciting. Um, and there's very much that part of me and my, my natural self, if I choose to focus on it, that could be afraid. It could go, oh man, God. But right now, I have been in total peace. Total peace. I would say 98% of the time I've been in total peace. There's been a couple of times where I've allowed myself to think on it, but the Spirit corrected me, and I began to walk back according to the Spirit, putting my eyes on Christ. Sometimes it even helps for me to do that by making a journal entry. It's like when I speak the faith, my faith is emboldened. I've noticed several times when I do a journal entry, by doing the journal entry and speaking it out and speaking my faith, that faith is forthcoming. It, 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 it's like it builds my faith to hear myself declare my faith. And I found this to be true each time my mother has come against me with persecution. When I speak boldly in faith, gently and kindly, but it, it strengthens my faith. It's an amazing thing that I've seen occur over and over and over. So there's something about this journaling thing and getting it out. But for today, I think I am having a little bit of, I still have this swimmy head. This has been such a disadvantage uh, for the last couple of weeks. 
I have a couple of hours a day where I feel good, and the rest of the day, it's like I could almost just lay down and take a nap all day. And it's, I could never do that because I don't want to do that, but your head just, if you close your eyes, you almost fall over. And it's something that's been in my family for years. My, my grandmother had it so bad that she wanted to commit suicide. She had it for a whole year, and they gave her Claritin, and then in 10 days it had cleared up. But it is something to do with allergies and a histamine reaction, and it is nasty. But by God's grace, I'm getting through it. I'm not, I've been praying and asking God to deliver me, but I know at the very least, His grace is sufficient. I'm going to go do my Bible study tonight. Um, today I also prayed that since today was 1010, and that Jesus Christ came, that we may have life abundant. I've prayed and asked the Father for tomorrow to be the day of deliverance. I said, God... Please allow tomorrow to be the day of deliverance when I recognize that it would be 10.11, which is Romans 10.11, which says, And the scriptures say, No one who trusts in Him will be put to shame. Another version says, And no one who trusts in Him will be disappointed. And uh, if I show up at that courtroom without the finances to pay my child support... I'm probably going to be put to shame. I mean, God has another way of doing it for sure. I'm not putting God in a box, but it's coming down to the wire where something's going to have to break. Hopefully it's the finances and not me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still putting all my faith, what little bitty weak faith I have, I'm bringing it to the table and saying, Daddy, I trust you. I saw 1122 today too that says, have faith in God. This morning I woke up feeling a little weak, so I went immediately to all my scriptures that had um, I selected about faith. I've been claiming those, listening to them. It's just, man, this is so much more difficult to do when you don't feel well. I just don't have the energy, and, uh, you know, I just, just kind of feel blah. Just blah. Been thinking about Laura a lot. And praying for her these last couple of days and man I'm just so excited I just I I, I feel strongly that it's got to be not too much longer and God is going to do something I've been praying for him to have her contact me you know for coffee um, or let us run into each other in such a way that it is completely miraculous and completely divine intervention that it's a providence of God so that she knows all the things that I already know. And I am so excited. I'm so excited about starting a life with her and starting a relationship with her and getting to know her kids and loving her. And I'm just, man, I'm excited about it. And um, the other thing I'm really excited about is that I finally started back into the videos by now. You know, I've been released from God and released by Pastor Rusty. So I put up my first video um, like on Monday, so I'm praying that God will bless bless it with fruit. I'm going to trust Him for the results, but I am really hoping and praying that God is going to provide this miraculous financial rescue that He's promised me. Um, I feel like it's going to be something really significant. I mean, I just really feel that I'm not pipe dreaming. I'm the last guy really to pipe dream and believe God for just crazy fantasy things. I'm believing God for what He's told me. And uh, I really believe it's going to be something extraordinary. 
and I'm, I'm hoping and praying that it is because God is a big God. He can do amazing things. So I'm waiting for that and then see what happens. We're coming down to the wire. It's 10.34 at night on Friday, October 11th, 2013. And I just wanted to capture real quick how I'm feeling. <clears throat> just got out of the hot tub for about 10 minutes. Been pretty tired. Been watching the John Adams movie. I really just needed to take a break from working on my videos all day. I pretty much worked on my daily discipleship videos all day today. And I've uh, been alone all day. My parents are on vacation. Today's uh, October 11th, 10-11. I was really hoping that Today would be the day that I would get a, a check in the mail, uh, some deliverance, the financial deliverance that God has continued to promise, and it still hasn't come. And to me, although this is difficult, it is getting more and more interesting and exciting by the moment. I've been alone all day today and all day yesterday. When you're alone, the enemy really tries to attack your thoughts. And I think the biggest thing he's tried to mess with me today is is on the on the the uh, daily videos that uh he's really i think been trying to um discourage me in um my content trying to get me to feel like I'm outside of God's will and I'm not teaching the right truth and so forth and so on and I really just believe he's harassing me I did see 1010 10 tonight just as I was getting ready to get into the shower or get into the hot tub I'm I'm really I I think I'm kind of surprised. Well, actually no, I'm not surprised that the finances or the deliverance or whatever hasn't shown up yet, but to me this is going to be so absolutely exciting. I mean, here I have turned down $27,500 roundabouts in the last 30 days from jobs and then the $2,500 in check that I have still from my parents that they keep wanting me to cash and I just can't. And I'm supposed to be in court in five days, the fourth court hearing after our final divorce where my ex-wife continues to use her attorney and to leverage the fact that we've had two judges, a general magistrate and a domestic relations judge and they keep going back and forth between these two judges trying to overturn the magistrate's original or final judgment. And it has just been so it's, so, it's almost so hard to even keep up with. So I'm supposed to be in court in five days to have them try to overturn this amazing judgment that was done for me miraculously, uh, you know, after the whole thing was done so dishonest, God jumps in at the last minute, pulls all the dishonesty stuff out of the agreement, saves me. There's the whole 777 story. It's amazing. Here it is over a year later. It's been over a year since September 15th when I received the final judgment. And they're still fighting. There's been two more court, three more court hearings. I was there in January then there was one in May that God did not permit me to go to. And now there's a court hearing on this coming Wednesday. I'm going to have to file on Monday morning that, you know, I need to try to appear via telephone again. I could be putting myself in serious jeopardy. I mean, this will be two court hearings now. 
I have not showed up for if I don't show up for this one. And I'm totally trusting the God 100% on this. I mean, who does this? Who listens to God over a court system? Who's ever even given the opportunity to do this? I mean, this is so, you know, I hate it that I'm saying this about my own story because it's hard, but I don't know anybody else that has a story like this. This is epic faith, radical faith, God-sized faith. This is absolutely incredible. This is incredible. Here, God has told me, I have no idea what he's, how he's planning on ending this, but this is extraordinary. I've been made out to be, you know, an absolute idiot to pretty much everybody. Nobody is standing around telling me, go get him, tiger. Yeah, that's right. Stay radical in your faith. God, every time I've taken a job or gotten a job offer, God tells me to say no. My cell phone is turned off. I owe at least $450 to get it turned back on. I have probably $7 in one checking account and maybe 9 in the other. I am have lost, you know, a couple of website domains because I haven't been able to pay money to get that turned on. My backup softwares for my computer and my iPhone have been canceled because I I can't pay the money for that. I do not have the money to pay to get my registration uh, or to get my my website fees um, paid to the level where the e-commerce works so that I can receive donations. Here I am starting to do videos and. If somebody clicks a donation, you can't even give a donation right now. The system's offline. And I couldn't afford to go to Florida no matter what. I can't take money from my parents. I feel absolutely certain that I'm not supposed to. Um, this is just, this is extraordinary. I, I, I don't have, I have $5 in cash that my parents gave me before I left, <laughs> before they left. And I have nothing. I mean, I have except for God, but I have nothing in this natural. And I am either the biggest idiot, which I'm, I shouldn't even say that because I know I'm not. I know how to hear from my daddy. And he has totally confirmed that this is going to be another last minute thing. Tonight's message was all about radical faith and how... Even though you can smell the rot on Lazarus' body, even still, God can deliver and raise from the dead at the last minute. The last minute thing is what makes it so hard. He said something tonight that was so awesome. He said, so many of you want to quit. He said, because there's peace in quitting. You don't have to fight anymore. And you don't have to... You don't have to have the anxiety of those high expectations. You can let them go. And I have to tell you, man, as soon as he said that, I knew exactly what he was talking about. Here I did a message about a week and a half ago called The Cost If I Quit Now. What will it cost if I quit now? I thought it was going to be hard then. It's, it's harder now. And yet, every day I have this incredible peace so it's like, if I were trying to do this on my own, I would be dead by now. I would have worse than cancer. My hair would all be completely gone. And, you know, it would be so stressful. And I'm not stressed out at all. That is what is absolutely astonishing. And it's not because I'm naive or because I'm in denial. Because, you know, this evening I can start feeling myself going, Whoa, man, this is getting really, really close. 
I got in the hot tub tonight. I began to speak against all the lies. I began to proclaim my faith. I began to ask again, not giving up, persisting every single day, multiple times a day. God, deliver me. God, you told me you would deliver me. Bring the finances. Bring the miracle. I am expecting that God is going to do an awesome miracle. He's not making me wait like this so that he can send me a little check for three dollars to $5,000. This is going to be something extraordinary. This is going to be absolutely awesome, just like the 777 thing, just like the free car thing. This is going to be something absolutely God-sized. So I'm waiting with everything I have. It is so important that, you, that I focus in this moment on the promises of God, man. I mean, I'm tired. I'm alone. I got nothing. You know, all of the things that I've been waiting for, Laura my own place, my own vehicle, fruit in the in the business, help or in the, the ministry, help in the ministry, you know, a, a better relationship or, or more time with my pastor, um, the finances, you know, more time with my kids, the ability to take a vacation, get out of this house for a while, everything I'm waiting for. I'm I'm still deprived of everything and yet it's gonna be so sweet when it comes. It's going to be so sweet when it comes. I never thought I could wait this long. I never thought I could wait this long, but God's grace empowers me to do so. Because I just thank God. I just realize how faithful He is, and I think about what He did with the 777. Why in the world would God set me up to let me fail? Michael Commentary Indeed, God is not interested in setting us up, any of us up, to fail. But my expectations of what it will mean to not fail and what it would mean to have victory are different at that time than our God's. It's so important to understand this. Brothers and sisters, I'm having a lot of faith. I'm trusting God. I'm going after Him with radical obedience. I'm willing to take risks. And I'm praying and I'm putting my foot boldly before the throne room of grace and mercy and asking for God's deliverance. I'm believing God for big things. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Even below God's desire for us to give him faith is the motive of that faith, which is to change us into the image of Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you point blank. Six and a half years later, looking back on these recordings, I am able to see how wise our Heavenly Father is that he is not going to bless me with this big, gigantic financial relief miracle that I'm praying for, that he's not going to turn around tomorrow and bless me with a wife, that even though I'm believing because God requires me to have faith, I am still a long way from being able to have some of those things that may look like some comfort in this life. I'm still a long way from being able to claim victory. God is not going to give me an instant release in these things. And listen, The reason why is because our Father, He is a a deep well driller. And He sees just below the surface of all this passion and all this obedience and all this desire for Him, He sees there is a tremendous amount of character development and there needs to be depth to what He's building on. This foundation that He's building in my life can't be six inches deep. It needs to be many, many feet deep in order for Him to build what He's going to build on it. There has to be some strong character in place. And I can tell you, looking back with the Spirit of God in me and knowing the wisdom of my Father in heaven, that if God were to have given me some kind of a windfall to give me relief, 
if God would have turned around and blessed me with a, a wife that I was desiring so quickly and any number of things, very, very quickly, the part of me that's deep down, that is corrupt, would have begun to rise up until it contaminated all of God's work that he's been doing in my life. There is a reason why we have to stay in the oven so long. There is a reason why you have to stay on the surgeon's table so long. And brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, the guy you're listening to in this recording is going to have to wait several more years before he gets to a place where his life can even begin to resemble something called victory. And many of you are going to have to wait a long time before you get the desire of your heart, before God can bless you with something that you're really longing for, such that it doesn't corrupt your character and the work that he's been building into you. There is no substitute. Here, this is my words, not any man's words, nothing. This is, Spirit of God has taught me this. There is no substitute for time in the Christian faith. There is no other substitute. There is no book reading. There is no learning. There is no seminars. There is no serving. There is no ministry trip. There is no two-week trip to Jerusalem. There is nothing that can replace or substitute for time under tension in the Christian walk. It is the only way that God can get to those deep, deep recesses and those deep, hidden, subconscious places of flesh and corruption that dwell in all of us. So please continue to be patient as God works with you. And one final point, I'm enjoying the journey. I'm hoping God for big things and there's going to be some incredible things that you're going to hear. This story takes so many twists and turns. It truly is one of the most remarkable stories, if not the most remarkable story I have ever heard personally in my life. I don't know of any other stories and people I know that have this much adventure, this much faith, this much blood, sweat, and tears, and persevering to the promise of God and to finding fullness in Christ. This is an extraordinary story. I wish I was saying that about somebody else's story. I'm not. That's just the truth. Hopefully one day I can say that about somebody else's story. But I want you to understand there's a lot of things to glean and learn going forward, but there's a lot of reasons why God is so wise as to not give me that desperate relief that I want, that thing that I go, God, I'll just love you and serve you forever and everything will just be so great in my heart and life if you'll just give this to me. Now, just, just deliver me out of this. Vindicate me. Show everybody. No, 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 no. God's just going to give me just enough. Let me end by telling you this. George Mueller without a doubt, considered to be one of the greatest human examples of God's faithfulness on this earth in 2,000 living years of Christian history. 25 years, he took care of 10,000 orphans, prayed in over $100 million in today's money, never asked a human being for a single dollar, never hinted nothing. He trusted alone in God as his provider through prayer and faith. And for the first seven years of his ministry, George Mueller rarely ever had more than one to three days worth of bread and supplies on hand. God kept him in a season of lack. God kept him in a season of constant struggle, constant trial, almost daily suffering and daily trials, waiting and having his faith tested and tried over and over and over again. Brothers and sisters, I found the exact same thing to be true. For the first seven years of my walking with God like this, it was exactly like that. There are going to be no huge, gigantic windfalls. It's all of a sudden, oh, hallelujah, praise be to the God. Look at this amazing thing God did, because that would have brought corruption right behind it, and God knows it. We don't know it. 
We are convinced if you'll just give me this or give me her or give me him or give me that, that it'll all of a sudden bring all of our Christianity together tied up with a nice red bow on it. And God knows it's to pour vinegar on it. It's to, to bring forth the corruption in it. So be patient. Remember, Jesus said this calls for patience on the part of the saints and that we must go through tribulation. Saints are made through tribulation. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. There is no other way for us to become like Christ except for that path of long-suffering, perseverance, endurance, and patient suffering. And then God will eventually have his way. Please continue to enjoy this fabulous story as I struggle my way into finding what it means to totally trust God and walk by faith in a way that's pleasing to him and brings out the character of Christ in me. End of commentary. Why in the world would God ask me to trust him and then drop me? He doesn't do that every time he comes through. Every single time he comes through. This is going to be so awesome. I can't wait. I don't I'm sure it's going to be the last minute. I even saw 5:11 today and I was the, that was the Lord's way of reminding me, "Look, Michael, I know you wanted it to happen today, but it's not going to hang in there. Keep persevering." So I'm like, "All right, Lord, so I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, it's going to be so interesting. I don't even need to worry about it. I'm just going to have to send off a thing on Monday saying I need to appear via phone or, uh, you know, what it's going to happen with this court case. I, You know, if I have to go to court, if I have to show up down there, the first words out of their mouth is going to be this guy is five and a half months or five months, however long it is, behind on child support. What a loser. He refuses to pay child support. And the thing is, is that God is the one that's put me in this position. God is the one that has told me to say no to the work. God has told me to put my Isaac on the altar. And I have. And uh, any day now, he's going to say, you've passed the test, son. You've passed the test. He told me tonight, go in peace takes faith to do that. The last three days, Spirit of Prophecy Bulletin have been so spot on about, do not fear. Trust in me. I've got this. I will do what I said I was going to do. So I'm just going to hold on to these words. I mean, God has just so been faithful to me. And I cannot wait to see what God is getting ready to do. And I know it must just be driving Satan crazy. The harder he makes me wait, the longer I go, the more I cling to my daddy. <laughs> the more I cling to my daddy in faith, it's having the reverse effect. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Woo! I can't wait. Cannot wait. Here we go, baby. This is put up or shut up time. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be that you are greatly glorified in other people when they're going through their darkest hours and they have a promise from you that they just keep on putting one foot in front of the other. It's always going to take longer than they think. It's always going to take longer than they think. It's always going to take longer than they think. But that doesn't mean that you're not faithful. It means you are faithful and you test us. You test us, God. We have to prove faithful with the trust we've been given. Amen. It's 3 o'clock on the 13th of October. It's Sunday. 
and there a really neat thing has happened um i just want to capture i went to church this morning didn't have anything to do afterwards um came home felt like i was supposed to go sit and study for a little while um what jesus demands from the world that book and then i went to you know so i went to starbucks and did that spent the five dollars that my mom had given me before they left it's only time I've gone anywhere since they've been gone just really have not been feeling good at all I mean just have no energy just constantly feel like I'm in a fog it's that same old thing that's been with me for weeks now um, I came home and I was so frustrated by feeling this way for so long that I finally said I just started praying and I said God you you have to help me with this I literally prayed and just said God Almighty help me father may your grace come upon me for this you know, God, how am I supposed to learn or do you work if I don't ever feel good? And I had a thought that I really understand how my my mama wanted to commit suicide with this because, you know, it can be miserable just feeling like junk. And I'm not a guy who can really lay around and just do nothing. That's another point I want to make is that I'm not a person who I rarely feel the need to just unplug from everything and just like zone out and watch a movie or a TV show or something like that. I mean, very, very rarely. Like, only when I'm sick. I really do not require the kind of rest, usually, that has that downtime where you just kind of sit on the couch and do nothing. I'm finding that my rest comes from the Lord. I find myself being refreshed from the Father. And when I get down, instead of saying, oh, I need to disconnect from the world and go sit on the couch and, you know, ride a movie for two hours, I will say, Father, please refresh my spirit. And what I find is when he does that, I'm reinvigorated. And so I've learned to do this for a while. And I, even if I try to sit down and just say, that's it, I'm doing nothing. I'm going to disconnect from God, from everything no learning, no reading, uh, no Bible, no prayer, nothing. That usually only lasts for 30, 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm back thinking about the Lord again or something, and I'll want to get up and go. So it's not that I have to always be on the go, but I just feel like there's only so much time in my life for me to make a difference and for me to learn. And I don't have that feeling of just sitting around. I totally understand the need for recreation and quality time with family and good conversation. I totally get it. But I'm in this amazing season where God has given me a high capacity for learning and study. It seems like that's all I've done for the last two and a half years. It's been almost exactly two and a half years since I moved here. I have not taken a vacation. This summer when my kids were here for eight weeks, I had 12 hours and eight weeks away from them. Over 12, eight weeks, 12 hours, that was it. Didn't really need any more time than that. I um, have not really done anything for myself. Now, my mom, if she were to hear this, would say, oh my goodness, Michael, you've been on vacation. You get to go where you want. Do what you want. She thinks that my life is a vacation. You get to go where you want and go pray and go read. My mom does not understand that this season has been appointed to me for the very purposes of being diligent in study. 
and that that in and of itself is a tremendous amount of work for a guy like me who's not a natural student. I'm a natural shoot from the hip, make it happen guy. Not a natural sit down and spend hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and months and years studying. So it has very much been work, but it is a work that invigorates. I'm in love with my study subject. You know, if I despised God, if I was an atheist, I don't think I would be enjoying it. But because I love God, the food that he's given me to eat is his word. And when Jesus says, I have food to eat that you do not know anything about, boy, I understand what that means. On a side note, right now I'm, I'm, I'm tired just talking, just trying to put together a couple of sentences here for this journal entry makes me have to stop and breathe heavy. I just do not have any energy. My sinuses in this city have been an Achilles heel to me. I'm just going to continue to pray for God's grace and mercy and healing for me on this because I do not feel led to leave. And until I get Laura and until Laura says it's time to go, I'm not going. <laughs> That's all there is to it. That is all there is to it. And so I am uh, Mr. Sinus Guy here living in what the Indians called the Valley of the Sick Head. How hilarious is that? It's not hilarious, but it's just so ironic. So anyhow, I came home, I wasn't feeling well, and I knew I was supposed to go because I saw 646 today. I got three days left to where I'm supposed to be in court. Money is piled up. I'm at a crisis critical point, as George Mueller would say. It is a crisis point. And God is calling me to pray. That's how I make it through all these moments. I don't make it by saving myself. I don't make it by creative problem solving. I don't make it by worrying. I have made it through two and a half years of incredible difficulty and a nonstop, actually now three and a half years of a very difficult battle because of prayer. Because I run to my daddy in prayer. So this morning I see 646. This afternoon, I come home from the Starbucks and I'm just feeling so lead in my butt. So much like lead in my butt that I'm like, God, please help me, Lord, please help me. A few minutes later, I started feeling just a little bit better for the first time today. But I was almost getting ready to go, you know, and just watch a movie or something and not go for my walk. And I said, am I going to let the devil steal this prayer time? How critical is it for me to pray right now, even when I don't feel like it? Michael's commentary, Matthew 26, verse 40. Then he, Jesus, returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. End of commentary. How critical of a moment is this that I should not pray? I always get lifted up when I go pray. I need to be strengthened. My body is weak right now. My circumstances are severe. My finances are tragic. My court date's coming up. I mean, I have so much. I mean, I could... This For a normal person, this would be like, I got jail coming right around the corner. If it weren't for God, I'd be going to jail. And what does God expect of me in, in this battle? But to pray 
and to continue to seek and continue to trust. He is my strength. He is my strong tower. He is my refuge. He is my victory. He is my rest. I need to continue to seek him. And the enemy is trying to steal it from me. I come out of the room. I'm listening. I click on a quick message. And it's Jensen Franklin saying, I stand with you in faith. God is going to bring people into your life to help you, to, to help you with your ministry. God is going to bring finances to help you do the Lord's work. God is going to bring miracles. And he's like, I stand with you. And I'm like, yes, yes, that's my God. That's who's gotten me this far. That's what he's going to do for me. That's exactly a word for me. I received that word and I just claimed that word for me and received it because I know a miracle is about to happen. God has told me repeatedly. Even today when I was feeling weak, I clicked my phone, 1101. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Then I looked over at the phone number and there it was, 646. Michael Commentary. So the mention of 646 here is a reference to Mark 646. This was a number that God began to show me a while back, and I'd see it over and over again. And as I prayerfully went over the scriptures, God led me to Mark 6:46, where it is said of Jesus, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. And you'll hear throughout many, many times in these recordings, God using 646, and there's another number, 999, Psalm 99.9, where God used these numbers to call me to go up on the mountain. And you'll find there are some extraordinary happenings that happen. When I listen to God, there's a few times where God was going to have me an encounter waiting for me when I got to the mountain. So it was very important for me to listen and obey when God called me up there. End of commentary. Go to the mountain and pray. And I said, Father, I am going now. That's it. I literally walked out of the room, went and got my clothes on and said, I don't care how I feel. I am going to the mountain to pray. So here it is, 320. I'm on my way to the mountain to pray. I'm going to pray every single day. Every single day. I'll go and pray for an hour and a half. I prayed yesterday on my walk. I'm going to pray for at least an hour and a half today on my walk. Seeking the Father. Being strengthened. This is it. This is the Christian walk. When you don't have a bank account to rely on or people to help you or things. God is your strength. And this is it. I, I am going to, I could go weak right now. I could go, ah, I'll just sit on the couch. Oh, I'll just give up. Oh, the battle's too hard. I could quit. No way I'm not quitting. No way. I'm not stepping out. I'm stepping up. No time to quit. Now it's time to, to embolden my faith and to fight harder and to believe more fervently. Pray stronger, more, more conviction, more faith, not time to quit. It's not time to quit. It's time to believe, man. God is just around the corner from doing a miracle. If I were to walk away from this right now and shrink back in fear and in doubt, then I would be disobeying my God who has told me, go in peace. Your faith has delivered you. So needless to say, I go and I leave the results to God. In Jesus' name, I tell you, I can't wait. Michael, don't ever forget how much you wanted to quit. If anybody had a right to quit, it's you. 
If anybody had a right to quit, it's you. This has been a long, tough, hard, non-stop battle, one thing after another. Living with a woman, a mom who persecutes you for two years, who to this day still doubts the faith that you walk in. An ex-wife who will not quit and continues to parental alienate, who continues, and it's 5.55 right now, I praise the Lord, as I'm getting ready to pull in to the parking lot. It is 5.55 on my mileage. But the battle has been long, man. It has been long. There's been a drought for a long time. There's been no finances. My phone has been off for two months. Who has a phone that's been off for two months? Where's the dignity in that? Where's the dignity in that? There's no dignity in that. Where's, you know, having to tell your kids you're not sending child support payments? You know, I mean, for a guy like me who's been a provider... Man, the battle's been tough. It's been rough. It's been d killing me, man. All of me is dying, praise the Lord. And God has been right here with me. And yes, I've had moments where I'm weak and I want to quit and say, forget this. I can't do this anymore. This isn't what I signed up for. But God just keeps telling me, Michael, hang in there. You will be blessed. Man, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to spend the rest of my life saying, I told you so to those doubters because one day, my wife is going to hear this message and hear what I thought. And it may look like I was the, the biggest fantasy chaser, biggest ignoramus in the world, biggest, you know, idiot. Believe in God to do these things. You know, who doesn't, who turns down $27,500 in money and work in 30 days when you don't have any money for even to buy yourself coffee? Who does this? So I either am an absolute insane person who needs to be put in a psychiatric ward or my God is setting me up to do an absolute extraordinary set of miracles so that people will believe and, and God has given me evidence that, will, that people will see that God is with me and they will turn from their wickedness. They'll turn from their addictions. They'll turn from unrighteousness and quit saying, I'm on the grace train. The grace train is going to take people straight to hell because there is no such thing as a grace train. We have to turn from our wickedness. And how else could I show that this word comes from God if God were not with me, if I weren't willing to believe God with huge risks, taking huge risks, cutting my arm off, cutting my legs off, cutting my own head off. Man, this is going to be so awesome. Yes, I have the moment. Like right now, if I wanted to, I could go, Michael, you're just saying this to pump yourself up. You know, you, you really are in trouble here. Yeah, I could choose to believe that. That's my flesh. That's my flesh. The Spirit of God continues to tell me, wait, trust, have faith in God. Do not fear. Keep the course. Persevere. Stay focused. God is going to deliver me, man, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Woo!